A funny thing happened on the way to being a jurist. We'll let our teacher of the year explain. This is Focused on Flagler Schools, and I'm Jason Wheeler, Community Information Specialist with Flagler Schools. I want to share the achievements and challenges facing our students, teachers, and staff right here in Flagler County, Florida. So, let's dive right in. We are sitting in James Gambone's uh, classroom here at Flagler Palm Coast High School. He is our Teacher of the Year, 1990 graduate of FPC. Uh, Jim, first, first off, congratulations on becoming the Teacher of the Year for Flagler County. Thank you very much. Uh, what brought you to Flagler County and to Flagler Schools back uh, in the day? All right, so when I was <laughs> nine years old, I moved here from Ohio. My mom was selling real estate for ITT, and she was selling lots in, in Florida, and, and they'd always, they had a Sheraton that you'd have to ride a boat over to, to go to the beach. And uh, we came on vacation I remember we were sitting on the beach, and like, hey, would you guys like to live here? And we're like, yeah, because, you know, it was snowing up in Ohio at the time. I'm from Cleveland. And so we moved here. My mom was a realtor here, and my dad was an electrician, so he got an electrical job here. And, and then I started at Benell Elementary School because it was only Benell Elementary and FPC at the time. FPC was 7 through 12. And then um, the year I, I was in fourth grade, but the very next year, Buddy Taylor Middle School was Beltaire Middle School at the right. time. They, that was their first year, so I was the first class to go grades five through eight. So we went five through eight there, and then um, then went to FBC in ninth grade. So I've been here a long time. <laughs> You've seen a lot over the years. Oh, yeah. It's changed I, a lot. When I moved here, there wasn't even a stoplight. Wow. And there was there was one gas station, no convenience stores. Benvenuto's Pizza was the place to go if you wanted food. And you had to, like, go to the post office at where the – Publix is on Island something or the Island Walk, yeah. Island Walk. So it was like the, there was a post office there. That's the only way you could get your mail. And I worked for Benvenuto's at the time, and he said it was great because everybody would have to walk right by the pizza place, <laughs> and they'd all buy pizza, you know? And it was like, but that was like a thing here, and, and everybody knew everybody. It was totally different. Wow. Your journey into a teaching career, not exactly textbook. Um, how did you get here? So um, I, I originally, there was a bunch of times I changed my major, but I was going to school for criminal justice as a minor and political science as a major. I was looking to go to law school after. I went to University of North Florida, and I was almost done, and I took a minorities in crime class. And in the first day of class, the professor said, you're going to have to go um, work five hours a week at an inner city school at West Jacksonville Elementary, and at first, I was like, oh, I got to drive all that way in five hours, and that's not even my class time. I still had to go to class and all that. And I was, like, dreading it. But then once I started, it was, like, eye-opening. At first, I loved helping the kids. It was like, you know, because I would tutor two different kids in math and reading. And then I was shocked at, like, how, how little they knew compared to, like, when I grew up, you know? Right. So I was like, okay, so, you know, for me – I was like, everything's perfect. I grew up in Palm Coast, you know, mm -hmm. and then I'm like going, wow, it's just a totally different environment. I'm like, I want to help these kids out. And so I, I went and got, I changed my major to elementary ed because I thought I'd be an elementary school teacher. I'm, I'm sure your folks enjoyed that. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I put myself through college, so I didn't okay. have to, it, it didn't matter. It was, it was like, and, and um, I didn't have any loans out at the time, but then when yeah. I changed my major, I'd take out a little bit of loans. And um, But uh, it was at a time, unlike now, where I could get a job mm -hmm. and pay as I go, where now it's about impossible to yeah. do that because tuition's gone up so much. You know, so I, I changed my major to elementary ed, and I was like, I'm going to be an elementary school teacher. 
And then, um, so I did all that, did all the coursework. And then my internship, I realized how, how difficult it is to be an elementary education. <laughs> I was like, good gosh, these people work. So, um, so I was doing elementary ed, and I was like, wow, this is really, you know, it's a little bit tougher than what I thought. It was like, because the kids, they, they don't listen very well. And um, so, you know, and, I'm, and I was like, I don't know, I, I kind of need older kids. And so I, I found out that with my elementary ed degree, I could teach sixth grade middle schools and coach football because they have, they have middle school football there, and that's, I always love football, so... That's how I got started in teaching middle school yeah. in Jacksonville. Going back a couple of weeks, when your name was called out as district teacher of the year, what went through your head? Shock. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I never thought I'd win district teacher of the year. I was like, there's so many great teachers here. Yeah. I mean, even in our building, you know, I was like, there's so many great teachers. I'm like, why me? You know, I'm like, I just come here and do my job. So I was like, yeah, I was, I was pretty surprised. Um, I, I didn't think I'd win. I didn't think I'd be teacher of the year in this in the school, let alone the whole county. Yeah. So it was pretty shocking. I, I read the story, uh, and so I, but you got to let everybody else in on this. After you won, what did you do to celebrate? You went out to eat with the family? You, you <laughs> partied? What, what, what did you do? Well, um, a little secret. One of the reasons I think that I'm a really good teacher and my, grade, my scores are so good on tests, because I, you know, kids I teach do really well compared to the other kids like them on tests, is I tutor four nights a week. So I do the online tutoring um, through Flagler County Schools. And I tutor every night from 8 to 10. And I do not like to miss because the kids count on it so much. And this was a Thursday, and we had a test the next day on Friday. So I told the kids in school, I said, I, I said I'm going to be doing my, my teacher of the year thing, but I will be on tutoring. So if it's past 8 o'clock, wait for me. I'll be on. And so, um, and then when I won, I was like, oh, crap, I'm going to miss some tutoring. <laughs> so so I, I ended up getting on at 8.30. So I went home straight home and tutored from like 8.30 to 10.30. Just so they get the kids ready for the thing. Because <laughs> you're thinking, I'll be out of there. They'll be interviewing the yeah, teacher of the year, like, and I'll be back doing my tutoring yeah, thing. Yeah, I was oh told my it was from 5.30 to 7.30. I might like, be back by 8, but just in case. When, and I had a bunch of kids got on. They were really excited yeah. for me. So, yeah, I, I went home. Rush changed because, you know, I'm, I'm on video, <laughs> and I want to be sitting in a suit for two hours. So I, I rushed home and changed, and I jumped on the tutoring and got started tutoring. Your students' reaction the next day uh, here in class. I know you. We, we handed out capes because it was a superhero yes. theme, and and I saw a picture of you with the cape on, still teaching. Yeah. What was the reaction of these kids here? They they really were happy for me. I mean, I I I would say, you know, a lot of kids were like, you know, said I well deserved and and things like that, and I was like, thank you very much. Um, but it was. It, it was nice. I mean, I'm not a attention getter, so mm -hmm. like wearing the cape, I did it because I told someone I would. <laughs> so it was like, you know, because I'm I'm not one. I don't post a lot of social media. Yeah. I don't I don't put a lot of stuff out there. I just kind of like just want to do my job and do the best I can, and then that's it. You know. So like for me, I was like, but I did wear the cape. I was pretty happy about it, so I I did wear that. It was a great moment. You teach a lot of students who may or may not have been told sometimes often that they they can't do the work, um, and some may have even begun believing that. How do you reach these kids? It's a great question. I actually talked about that with uh, kids in my um, first and second block a couple um, about a week ago because they're new to us because we get new kids in January. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm a big time on self-fulfilling prophecies. And, and I talk about I, I use personal experiences like like, first of all, I let the kids know on day one, I make mistakes. And I say, tell me if I make a mistake. I mean, let me know. I, I'm not get offended. I mean, we're human. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't act like, I, you know, I've, I've seen some teachers that, like, they get upset, like, if a kid corrects them on something that they made a mistake on. They're like, I didn't make a mistake. I'm like, yes, I will make mistakes. Because I want them to know in my classroom it's okay to make mistakes. 
it's not okay to not try, but yeah. it's okay to make mistakes. That's how you learn. Yeah. And and I was like, I tell him, if you already knew all this stuff, why would you be in here? Yeah. You know, so yes, you're going to do things wrong and make mistakes. So I tell him about when I was in um, geometry, you know, like for me, I I had a rough time in 10th grade geometry here at FPC and and I math always came easy for me, but for some reason, geometry was difficult. I think a lot of it was my fault because... I don't know why, I, I always tried not to sleep or anything in class, but for some reason, it was, I think it was because it was after lunch and I'd play basketball during lunch, I'd, I'd have a hard time staying awake in class. And so my first nine weeks, I got a D in geometry. And for me, that was like, no, because I just show up and get an A in math class. So I was like, oh, no, this is crazy. So I tried really hard and I brought my grade up to a C, which was horrible for, for myself, you know? So I was like, I always felt like I couldn't do geometry. And so, and I tell them this story. So. When I got my job at FPC, Larry Hunsinger was the principal, and it was a full block schedule, and it was algebra, which I was always really good at. And he said, when the interview, he's like, so in January, you're going to teach a geometry class. Is that okay? <laughs> I was like, yeah, no problem. But in my mind, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know geometry. And so I, I'm like, I'm sweating. So in, around Thanksgiving, I'm like, I better open up the book and start learning this stuff. So I'm opening up the book, and I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I'm like, who am I going to talk to? I'm new teacher in Flyer County here and I'm going to start saying I don't know geometry I'm like I can't do that and, I'm, and it's not it was before the internet was around where I could just watch YouTube videos <laughs> so I was going what do I do so then I then I, I thought about a psychology class I had and I shut the book and I opened up a week later and I said and I remember self-fulfilling prophecies where you can convince yourself of things and I said wait a minute you got an A in calculus. You got an A in trigonometry. You got an A in trig, and you can't do high school geometry for real. So I opened up the book again with a totally different mindset, and everything was easy. Yeah. And, and, that's, and I tell them that story because I want them to realize you're going to be told you can't do something. But if you start believing that, you won't be able to do it. But if you let go, no, it's only numbers and letters. Mm -hmm. It's not that big a deal. And if I just listen and do the practice, I can do it it totally changes the way kids think. And kids have told me years later that that made a big difference with them. Talk a little bit about what you do beyond the eight to four day or seven to seven to four day. You've been a coach, you've been a tutor, you've been a mentor. Detention. <laughs> <laughs> um, where does this passion come from? Um, well, I, I've always, I, I swear I have ADHD. I'm, I, I never sit down. I don't even have a the desk in my classroom. Yeah. I don't ever sit and I have a lot of energy. So, I would just go from one thing to another, you know, so I just go right from school. When school was over, just go coaching. At one time, I was coaching football, basketball, and flag football. So it was like, wow. and they overlapped. So it was like one sport right to the other. And then as soon as summer hit, I'd do driver's ed, and then I'd do summer school. So I'd have about two weeks off in the summer, which to me was a lot, you know, because it was like, you know, a week off in Thanksgiving, two weeks in Christmas, and that two weeks in the summer, I was like, that's, that's, that's enough for me, you know what I mean? Because you know, part of it, I wanted to make extra money, you know, but mm -hmm. the, the coaching was really, it's not for money because you don't make much coaching. But um, I just, I just love the competition and, you know, getting to know the kids because you get, you get to know kids on a totally different level when right. you coach or teach them in the summer, mm -hmm. you know, because it's a lot more laid back in the summer. Like if I'm doing driver's ed and we're riding around for two hours in a car, you can have conversations that are not math, you know, so you can find out different things, you know, and, you know, and, and help them in different ways than as opposed to a math class. When you graduated from FPC uh, way back then, did you in your wildest dreams think you'd be walking through these doors again ten, some 10 years later as a teacher? No, I mean, my, my original hope and, and I was to be a, um, 
NFL broadcaster, but I was like, <laughs> and I know, but I'm sitting there going, well, you know, the only way is either play in the NFL or be super lucky. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, so I know it's like, that was like a pipe dream. And, uh, and so, no, I was like, my, my original thing was, you know, get, get a degree in law, you know, be a lawyer. And then, um, you know, from there, you know, do whatever. But when I became a teacher, I wasn't planning on coming back to Flagler because I was in Jacksonville when I became mm -hmm. a teacher. It just, some things happened and it made me back in Flagler, yeah. which worked out good because I loved this school. Uh, the last couple of years, and we talked a little bit about this before we went on the air here, um, the last couple of years has not been easy for anyone, uh, not only in education, but practically every aspect of, of life in our county, in our state, in our country, in the world. What motivates you to get up and keep doing the things you do despite all these challenges we've seen the last couple of years? Well, I mean, life must go on. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, yeah, I've, I've always felt like I've been that way. I mean, yeah, you're going to have hurdles. Things are going to happen, but you can't just quit. You mm -hmm. know, you just, you just got to do it, you know? So, like, it, it was kind of – I'm kind of at an advantage because I've been doing online tutoring for over, I think, like 10 years. I, haven't, I don't know exactly how many years. Yeah. So when we switched over to online, it was easy for me. Right. Like, I wasn't intimidated by a microphone. I wasn't intimidated by being on video. It was, it was pretty simple. It was like, okay, I'm going to use the same platform I was using before. It's just seamless transition for me. And a lot of my students, because this, at this time, I was getting almost about half my students were getting on tutoring anyway. So they already knew how to get on tutoring. Right. They already felt, so it wasn't as bad for me as it was for other people. Other people had a, had a rough time with it because it's not easy for some people to be on camera. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and then to know that everybody in the rooms on all these houses are going to be listening to you. Yeah. You know, and, and, and some people don't want people in their room. I, I invite, I'd love parents to come in my room and sit. Like, come sit. I don't care. You know I mean? And, you know, because when, you know, when I'm tutoring, they're all listening to mm -hmm. me. And I've had parents email me go and thanking me. They're like, I learned some math listening to you. Because, <laughs> you know, they can hear me when I'm talking on the, on the thing. So for me, it wasn't, it, that part wasn't bad. The hard part was the stress that the kids were feeling. Yeah. You know, and, and that, that's the only thing. I didn't feel the stress for me. I felt it for them, you know, because it, it was stressful. And there, there is a big difference now for these kids, and, and I, I do feel bad about that because they're, they're behind in mm. where they were before the pandemic, you know, because of the online school isn't the same for them. Because you can't take them aside and say, hey, let's go, what's going on? It's, no. It's, no. And that, that distance is, is huge. Yeah, and, and, there's, and there's so many times in, in – in, in my career that I've, um, I've seen some kids and they just weren't looking right. And, and I was like, Hey, what's wrong? And they can, they can tell you, you know, mm -hmm. but here you're just on a camera with 25 other kids. You can't really get that, right. you know, and you can't, where are you going to pull them into? You know what I mean? You're going to, you're not, you know, I'm not going to broadcast the news to everybody, you know, but this made me think of something that would be one of my proudest things that I accomplished as a teacher. And it, it might not be a big deal to many people, but like, um, I remember like my second year teaching here, my, um, my mother-in-law died from uh, lung cancer, and I had to miss some school. And I talked to the students about that, and um, you know, and I talked to them about you know, yeah, about the effects of smoking and everything like that, and how my children lost their grandmother, you know, before they even got to know her and all that stuff. And two girls came up to me at the end of the class and said, "I quit smoking because of that." And I was like, 
that was that was a big deal to me. You know, it was bigger than any math deal. You know what I mean? So <laughs> even like, math involved. Yeah, I mean, it was like, you know, because I, I told them, you know, because I, I said, you know, this, you know, this is what happened. And, you know, and and I, I didn't tell them what to do. I'm just yeah. saying, I just told the class, you know, and, and, and it was nice to hear, you know, that I was able to help them in other ways besides math. Yeah, cause and effect. For those not familiar with the process, uh, our teachers of the year must have filled an application. You did that. And yes. there's a lot of numbers, a lot of data you have to, you have yes. to record. Um, it's similar to the application you've got to do now for the state teacher of the year. Right. When putting this together, how easy is it to forget that these data points are, are kids, that kids are with outside influence in their lives that may not be able to be captured in a spreadsheet or on a, something like this? Yeah, some of this stuff you can't measure. If that yeah. was that your question, yeah. like, yeah. yeah, you can't really, you can't measure the the things like that. All you can measure is did they pass a test? You know, it's like okay, did they pass this test? And um, it, I don't know the, the numbers. I, I never really, I probably shouldn't say, I never really cared about the data to be honest with you. Right. I just said I'm going to do the best of my abilities to get these kids to learn what they need to learn, and the data will take care of itself. Like I don't. I don't let it drive me. Like, I don't go, okay, um, let me look at the data and see what, what's going on. I'm like, I know I got to teach what I'm supposed to teach. And then if they, if they do what they're supposed to do, they're going to most likely pass this test. You know your class. Yeah, I know my class. You know, so I'm not mm-hmm. going to I, – I love – what I do love about the data is when I tell a kid they passed the EOC after they failed it like six times yeah. and they're like, they finally know they're going to graduate. That's, that's, that's huge a, data. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, that's a big deal, you know, but as far as like looking at the data, like separating it, I'm like, I, I've never been a big data person like that. Yeah. I, I think, you know, are, am I doing what I can do? Everything I have my power to get these kids to, to graduate. And that's what the most important is to me. All right. You've done good so far. We have two questions left. This is what I ask the same, the same two questions, everybody. First one is what makes you sad? Well, right now, there's, there's a lot. I mean, like when when you talk to kids and, and you hear about some of their home lives that they go through, and, I mean, it's, it's there's a lot going on, especially now. I mean, because in Palm Coast, the real estate market is out of control, you know, so you got a lot of homelessness and things like that where school's not even on the top five of their priority list, you know, and it's, and it's sad because, you know, it, it's sad that it has to be that way in a country like ours that we have people homeless right now, you know, and there's nothing they can do about mm-hmm. it. I mean, they even say a lot of people are like two paychecks away from being homeless. I mean, it's just, it is the way it is. I mean, it, you know, when you look at how much a, a place to rent is in, in Palm yeah. Coast, I mean, it's dollars $1,500 rent a place is like, that's a lot of money, you know? So some kids, they suffer from, you know, they, they don't have enough money in their, in their household to, to, you know, be able to not have to worry about those things. And then, so that, beca- that takes a front, you know, step as mm. opposed to algebra, you yeah. know, and that, and that's sad that, you know, that they have to go through that. I, I've been lucky. I didn't have to go through that, you know, and that's pure luck. I mean, yeah. you know, it's just, just luck, you know, but you know, you have a health, health scare, something happens with your health, you could be there in a second. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what makes me the most sad when, when I hear things like that. Other side of things, what makes you happy? Um, the happiest is when I, I can see a kid's face. That's why I like teaching like kids that, that aren't like, um, you know, 1,500 SAT. <laughs> I, I like when, um, when I see a kid that never was good at math, or felt like they were never good at math, never liked math, and now they like math, 
and they realize that they are good at math. And you can see it in their face, you know, and they start, they get it, they get excited in class. Like I have a noisy classroom. Like if you walk to my classroom, it's usually, I'm, I'm, I want it to be noisy. Yeah. Some classes are just quiet, but I want it to be noisy, but it's gotta be the right noise. Like I want them yelling out answers to me and yell and questioning me if I do something wrong or if I do it right. And if they question me, I'm like, nope, I got it right. And then, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, but I want to have that dialogue, you know, where they can talk to me and not be afraid to say something, you know? And, and, and it just, the, the happiest I get is when I can see it in their face that they're, they're like, you know, now they understand I get it. I am good at math. And, you know, and I'm, I'm a much better student. And I think it goes a long way in the other classes as well, because I think confidence so much. Like I, I tell kids like, like great basketball players. Are they great basketball players? Are they cocky because they're great basketball players or is their cockiness what makes them great? You know, because like my, my wife would tell me, cause I used to play a lot of basketball when I was younger. Not anymore. When I was younger. <laughs> but my wife would tell me she's like and I shoot a lot of three point shots. And she'd say, like, I knew before you shot the ball when you were going to make it just by looking at your face. Mm-hmm. And, like, if I saw the confidence in your face, you'd make it. And I could tell when you weren't going to. And I started thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much true. When, I have, when my mindset is, yeah, I'm going to make that shot, it's easy. You know, so I, I try to get that in the math world. You know, if you're confident in your abilities in math, you're going to do a whole lot better than if you're, like, going, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. James Gambone, Teacher of the Year for Flagler Schools. You're on a pretty good hot streak right now. Keep on shooting the threes, my friend. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we want to thank you for listening to Focused on Flagler Schools, a production of the Flagler County School District. New episodes are released every other Thursday. If you like what you hear, subscribe. And check out Flagler Schools at www.flaglerschools.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're there at Flagler Schools. Thanks for listening. And remember, let's keep focused on Flagler Schools. Thank you.